What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today, this was a timely episode coming off an incredible weekend in which I put 50 more coaches through my neurotyping certification. But this episode is not just for coaches. This is to help you understand how important your personality type is when it comes to creating nutritional success. It's been a while since we did an episode like this. So I thought that coming off the certification, it would be timely for you guys to listen to how we actually implement the practical application of knowing your personality type and what that means for your nutrition. How can we gain that insight and create a level of success and sustainability that is unmatched anywhere else? I'm just going to say it. It's true. It's unmatched across the board. Um, it is super important to know these things because you are unique and what works for you will not work for anybody else. So let's just break it all down. Tune in, listen, and learn. And if you appreciate the content, as always, it helps me tremendously when you post this to your stories. You take a screenshot, you post it on Instagram, you tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, or even better, if you leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, or even better yet, you send the podcast to your friends and tell them, hey, this guy knows a few things that I think would help you. Why don't you listen? That would help me tremendously. So I'm going to shut up now and let you tune in and I will talk to you guys soon. All right. So welcome to another Monday evening on Facebook Live and on the podcast, although these Monday recordings get released on Wednesday morning for my Mind Over Macros listeners. And if you're not a Mind Over Macros listener and you're watching on the Facebook group, you should go immediately subscribe to Mind Over Macros on any podcast platform, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Play, whatever it you can whatever platform you use we're on there so go subscribe and if you are listening on the podcast and you want to join the Facebook group it is the personality diet and neurotype training and we're going to be talking about neurotyping so i thought that this would be a timely episode considering that i just finished a weekend certification with 50 coaches who um took my neurotyping certification course this was the second round. Uh, we did one in September of 2020, which had 55 coaches. Now we have another 50 that are getting certified. So that's 105 coaches that are now applying these principles that are so powerful that I'm going to be teaching you today, or at least just talking about, because you know, mainly from a nutrition perspective, I think that oftentimes that is the missing ingredient for most people. Oftentimes we've got the training at least pretty dialed in and consistent. And anyway, in my opinion, the training side of things, I may have some trainers who are listening to this that uh, may not appreciate this comment, but I'm going to say it anyway. The training side of things is not that important. In the grand scheme of creating a transformation of physical change, uh, improving body composition, training is important, but it's not all that important. Uh, nutrition is definitely the most important thing. And then I would have to say that walking and sleep and stress management, those all play uh, almost as important of a role as training. Um, and 
what I would say is that from a training perspective, really the key there is body comp, right? Building and maintaining muscle. Um, however, you can lose a significant amount of body fat without training as long as your nutrition's dialed in and you're doing some things like walking, you know, just general movement uh, and then getting enough sleep and managing stress. Uh, so the training, I feel like, is what most people already have working for them or to some some extent, they've got it working for them. The nutrition seems to be the piece that eludes most people. And there's a lot of different fad diets out there. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of noise. Everybody's got an opinion. My opinion, and again, this is my opinion, so take it for what it is. My opinion is that everybody is different. There is no one-size-fits-all approach. We have to understand the uniqueness of each individual in order to create the most sustainable path forward. Sustainability being the key word. If, you know, I literally just got off the phone with somebody um, who was telling me that she lost 80 pounds on keto over a year and is now sitting 80 pounds plus 15 from where she was. So she gained 95 pounds back. Sustainability is key. There is so much noise out there. So my opinion is that everyone's different. In order to have long-term sustainable success, you have to understand who you are as a person. You have to understand your own individual needs. You have to understand the different variables in your life and your lifestyle that make a difference. And that is where the personality comes into play. So there's an interesting fact about personality traits, which is they are the most effective way to get insight into the way that you're wired. So when we look at brain chemistry, when we talk about brain chemistry, all we're really talking about is the neurotransmitter dominance for an individual. Neurotransmitters are simply chemical messengers that control everything that we do from uh, motor coordination to movement to emotions and feelings to uh, you know blood flow, muscle contractions. Neurotransmitters control every action in the body. So in, we could just take a blood test and figure out, okay, what you know neurotransmitter levels do we have? But it doesn't tell us anything about the system as a whole because it's just a snapshot in time. So the most effective way to understand somebody's neurological makeup, the way that they're wired, is to look at their personality type, look at their personality traits, their behavioral tendencies. And by assessing your personality type, it gives us clues into what neurotransmitter systems are dominant for you. Why that's so beneficial? Because it tells us, right, we know that everybody's different. We know that a plan for one person might work really well. And then trying to duplicate that plan for another person might be an epic failure. A lot of that has to do with your personality type. So the first thing that I look at when I am looking at a personality personality type or an individual is the overall structure of the plan. And what I mean by that is this somebody who is going to crave predictability, consistency, or is this somebody who is going to crave variety, constant change? 
So if we can start from like zooming all the way out and looking at the structure of a plan, your personality type will tell us or your personality traits will tell us, are you somebody who prefers repetition, predictability, the same thing over and over again, or are you somebody who prefers variety and constant change? I've talked about my own personal journey a number of times. I was the person that could not stick with a program for very long, like six weeks max. I was a program hopper through and through. I would jump from training program to training program, diet to diet. I could never stay consistent with one thing. I would get bored. I would lose motivation and I would jump to the next thing. And a lot of people think that's a fundamental flaw, right? They think there's something wrong with me. Why can't I stay consistent? Those were all the thoughts that I had about myself. Like, I must be the problem. All these other people are staying consistent. Why can't I stay consistent? Why can't I just see this thing through? And I used to ask myself those questions as I would look for the next program and say, this one will be different. And then four weeks in, I'd start to lose steam and I would go off track and I would feel really bad about myself. And I'd repeat that process. And for the longest time, I told myself that I was the problem. Until I learned that it actually had nothing to do with me being the problem. It was that I was the answer. I was the solution. My personality type is such that I crave variety because of the way that my brain is wired. I am adrenaline dominant. That is the dominant neurotransmitter system that drives my motivation, that drives my behavior. So I need constant change. When things become repetitive, I no longer get that adrenaline response, that heightened response from it. So I look for the next thing that will give me that adrenaline increase. The problem is we do need consistency to see results. So for for an individual like myself, I need to be able to build variety into the process while making logical progress, while still being consistent overall but working in variety into the plan. Now, without getting too deep down this rabbit hole, there are five neurological profiles or five neurotypes, five personality types. I use all those words interchangeably. You can go back and listen to some of the early episodes that I've done. I haven't done an episode on this in a long time, so we, we are overdue. But I'm not going to go down. I, you know, I've talked about this on like every other podcast that I've been on as a guest, so... I don't want to go over all of the five different types right now. Um, What I want to say is you can go back and listen to some of the older episodes and learn about each individual neurotype. Or you can just go take the the neurotype assessment, the personality assessment um, on our website. It's just neurotypetraining.com. Take the assessment. It's totally free. It will tell you what your dominant profile is. But we have five types. Um, Type 1A and type 1B, just as a quick overview, they are dopamine dominant. That drives their behavior. That means that they're both going to be very goal-driven. They want results and they want results quickly. Type 2A, like myself, we need variety. We're motivated by getting the admiration and respect of others. We're people pleasers, Um, but we need change. We need variety. Type 2Bs, they are emotionally driven. They make decisions based off of feel. They like to do things that make them feel good and they avoid things that make them feel bad. They like to stay in their comfort zone. If they know that there is something that 
that makes them feel really good, they almost get addicted to those behaviors. Type threes, they are very, um, they're planners. They, they're very organized. They're very practical. They love information. They love to accumulate as much information as possible and make a pragmatic decision. They like structure, great at following a plan. So that gives you an idea, just very, very base level without going too deep into each profile of how the structure of the plan would vary significantly based off of the individual, based off of the personality type. So when I look at a structure, the first thing that I look at is what is going to fit this person's brain chemistry, the way that they're wired. And then I want to match that with their individual situation. So even if I have uh, you know, a type 2A or a type 3, let's use a type 3 as an example, and I want to provide as much structure and consistency across the board for a type three because that's the way that their brain works. Well, now I want to see how does that fit within your life, your work schedule, your personal life? How can we create as much consistency across the board as possible? Now, having a type three um, who has a job that is kind of all over the place, right? Now we have some challenges that we have to work around. Typically, most type threes gravitate towards a job that is predictable and repetitive, but there are absolutely outliers. There are definitely exceptions um, because we all have characteristics of multiple personality types. So the first thing is let's look at the structure that's going to fit this person's brain chemistry. Then the second thing is let's see how we can implement that structure into this individual's life. Uh, making sure you know we're accounting for things like their schedule, uh, their work schedule, their personal life, their training schedule, all of these things. Then we look at how certain foods can impact the way that you feel, your overall mood, your energy, your response to stress. So food choices make a big difference. And now seeing as each of the different personality types has a different neurotransmitter balance, and foods play a large role in influencing neurotransmitters, it stands to reason that there are certain foods and ways of eating and macro ratios that will suit one person, one personality type really well and be horribly ineffective for a different personality type. And an example might be, just to give a very practical example, let's use a higher carb plan. So if I have an individual who is higher anxiety, who has higher stress in their life, who has more intense training, well, now their need for more carbs has gone up and up and up, right? Carbs, not only do carbs help uh, manage cortisol, the stress hormone, I prefer to call cortisol the readiness hormone, but most people understand it as the stress hormone. Carbs help decrease cortisol because it releases insulin, which is the shutoff valve to cortisol. Carbs also help increase serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that helps us feel better. It helps with contentment and sense of well-being. So if I'm a higher anxiety person and I am producing a little bit more cortisol and I have a higher stress job, well, carbs are an absolute asset in that plan. Now, for somebody else... They might feel really poorly on a higher carb plan. Let's say that they aren't training as intensely. Let's say that they aren't somebody who has a lot of anxiety. Let's say they are more calm and, and chill and kind of a no stress type of person. Well, 
eating a bunch of carbs may actually make them feel worse. That may drive them into more of a, a lazy, unmotivated mindset. They might not feel like doing anything. They might just want to sit around and chill all day. So the, the actual influence that certain foods and macro ratios have on your mood, your energy, and then how you handle stress all play a significant role. So if I'm looking at, again, going back to the type 1As, type 1Bs, dopamine dominant, they handle stress really well. Typically, their carb requirements are going to be lower. Their protein needs are going to be higher because dopamine is their dominant neurotransmitter system. High protein impacts dopamine levels. So it will favor the production of dopamine over serotonin for the most part. So if I have that type of individual, I'm leaning towards higher protein, higher fat, a little bit lower to moderate carb. And then we can make those adjustments based off of lifestyle factors, training style, personal preference. We have uh, some clients who are type 1As who really don't need that many carbs. They actually prefer very low carb. Then we have some clients who are type 1A, type 1B, who actually enjoy a little bit more carbs, or they're doing a training, more intense training like CrossFit or Orange Theory or, or things like that, where it's a little bit higher intensity. They need more carbs. Um, but we start with kind of that baseline, right? The structure and then the macro ratios and food choices. Certain foods will make one individual feel really good and make another individual feel really bad, like I mentioned. So that is kind of like the, the second path. It starts with the overall structure. I always try to start like as simple as possible. Let's just start with the basic structure. Then once we've got the, the plan structure in place and it feels like a good fit for your lifestyle and your schedule, now let's layer on the next thing, which would be the actual macro ratios and food choices. And when I say food choices, I just mean like we're giving some ideas so if I have somebody who's eating high protein, I'm going to say, here are some options that work really well for higher protein. You know, so we're talking about like eggs, grass-fed beef, wild-caught salmon, you know, chicken, turkey, bison, you know, all these things, shellfish, whatever it may be. I'm just giving some, some options to say, hey, this would help uh, for your higher protein plan or if we're talking about carbs, right? It's like, okay, we're going to look at, um, you know, potatoes, sweet potatoes, white rice, jasmine rice, uh, my favorite rice cakes, of course, you know, oatmeal, that sort of thing. So we're going to give some examples. Uh, not, we, I don't believe in meal plans. That is something that I am vehemently against because it doesn't teach you anything. All it does is it teaches you how to read a meal plan and follow it, which doesn't teach you anything about sustainability, we always circle back to sustainability. Most important thing. Um, the last thing that anybody wants is to lose weight and gain it back. It's super frustrating. I know because I did it probably 50 times, conservatively guessing. It, it was a lot. I kept losing and gaining and losing and gaining. And every time it sucked even worse. So sustainability, that is like at the core of everything that we do and why we prioritize things like this. And this is why I teach other coaches because there's a massive need in this industry for coaches who are equipped to create sustainable change. 
So many coaches can throw numbers at you, can input information into a calculator and spit out numbers, but they don't have the tools to create sustainability. They don't have the tools to understand your behaviors, your habits. Uh, they don't understand, you know, I actually made a post today about this whole idea of like getting back on track, right? That's something that I used to say all the time as a coach, when a client would come to me and be like, Hey, the weekend got out of hand. I didn't follow my macros. I didn't do anything I was supposed to do. And I just feel like crap. And my response was always, no worries. It happens. Just get back on track. And I was ignoring the most valuable information, which is what happened, right? That's where we gain all the insight into how to move forward and how to get better. So it's the perception of, oh, well, I slipped up. I'm off track. I didn't hit my macros. Well, who says that they were the right macros anyway? Who, who says you should even be tracking macros on the weekend? Who says you should even be following this plan and we just gloss over it and say, just get back on track. Well, I would prefer to assess the track, to assess why that's happening. Are there any behavioral patterns that we can look at? Are there any triggers that keep coming up? Usually it's not even food related. Usually it's, uh, oh, I got into a fight with my spouse and then I went and ate 17 cookies. And you know what? Every time I fight with my spouse, I tend to overeat. Now we start to identify patterns, but we learn the most from those setbacks. That is like the goal. And we oftentimes coaches gloss over that. So I am, you know, the course that I've created, the certification that I created was to help people, help coaches um, understand these concepts of behavioral tendencies, personality traits, how we can actually create sustainable change. Not to go too much on a tangent there, but um, so the food choices, the macro ratios, that's like the second level. The third level comes into play with timing. So we have certain individuals when it comes to like meal timing. Again, this has a little bit to do going back to the structure, but we want to get into the proper kind of mindset or neurological zone, depending on what we're trying to do. So an easy example to think about is when I'm training, I want to be in the proper zone to perform optimally in the gym or at home if I'm working out at home or on my bike if I'm doing a Peloton ride, whatever it is. I want to be in that proper zone. And there's kind of this scale where the middle ground of the scale is like the, the perfect zone for performance. It's where you will have the most energy, you will have the most focus, you'll have the most clarity, you'll feel your best. If you are to the left of that scale, you won't be very motivated. You'll kind of be lethargic, a little bit lazy. And if you're too far to the right of that middle ground, you will be anxious. You'll be overthinking. You'll have paralysis by analysis. You'll have muscle tension. So we want to prime our mindset, not just our body, to be able to perform and get the most out of each session. So we can use foods to get into that proper training zone. And it's not just for training, right? So this weekend... I wanted to be in the optimal zone to present a certification. I wanted to be on top of my game. I wanted to deliver the materials in the best way that I possibly could. So getting in the proper zone doesn't just apply to training. And then also, if we think about when we're going to bed, that's a very different neurological zone that we want to be in. We want to be very parasympathetic, rest and digest. We want to be very calm, relaxed. So there are certain foods that will help put us into a more relaxed state versus others that will amp us up. And it has to do with not just 
food choices, but also timing and the composition of the meal. So an example, like I said, with the type 1A, type 1Bs who are typically more, um, they don't have as much stress. Typically, we need to amp them up to get into the proper training zone, which would look like protein and fats pre-workout versus protein and carbs pre-workout because carbs, like I mentioned, will increase serotonin. It might relax them too much. Um, Even though people use carbs because they're like, okay, well, it'll be this quick energy source. It's not going to be immediately available energy. So it's kind of misguided. Um, So just by the nature of the digestive process and how it all works. So what I look at is neurologically, if I want this person to be performing at their best, I can utilize something like protein and fats for a type 1A or 1B before their workout. Or if they have like a job that they need to do a good job, they have a presentation or a big day at work or whatever it may be. So we can use that. And then once the training is over, training is a stress on the system. So we want to shut off that stress response once the training is over. So like I'll use myself again as an example. At the end of the weekend, when I wanted to, I was done with the certification. I had been riding that adrenaline high all weekend, a lot of stress, a lot of cortisol. I could feel it immediately after I crushed a lot of carbohydrates because I wanted to shut off cortisol and I wanted to increase serotonin so that I could properly get to bed. Um, So it's the same thing post-workout where we use something like carbs to shut off cortisol and to increase serotonin, put us in that rest and digest mode. And then we can start the repair process um, that's necessary to recover from the stress of training. And then the same thing before bed. I want to put myself or put our clients in the proper mindset to get quality sleep. Um, This is something that I think is greatly overlooked, especially in the uh, sleep supplement space. So many sleep products are focused on just sedation, right? Like, let's just get this person knocked out and to bed. Uh, The problem with that is it's short-lived. So you often have a cortisol spike and you wake up in the middle of the night. So you may fall asleep. You may have that, you know, sedative effect and you fall asleep, but then, you know, four or five hours later, you're wide awake again. You have to go to pee. You have this cortisol response and the, you know, the whole objective of that supplement was failed. Um, what I prefer to look at is the neurological state, your brain chemistry. So it's not just how can we get this person to bed? It's how can we optimize the neurotransmitters that put us in that rest and digest mode that put us in a calm state. If, you know, understanding that anxiety is nothing more than your neurons firing too fast. So serotonin and GABA are two neurotransmitters that calm the brain down. It tells your neurons to stop firing. Um, If we increase serotonin and GABA before bed, we are putting ourselves in a better state to actually sleep through the night, have lower cortisol, not have to worry about waking up in the middle of the night. Um, As an example, which is why I feel like most sleep supplements completely miss the mark. And I'm working on something to fix that. Um, So that's kind of the third layer that we look at is putting you in the proper position to feel your best during training, to recover your, you know, um, optimally after training and to sleep as well as you can. All of those things kind of lead to this one category that is greatly overlooked 
which is stress in general. People overlook stress. And I talked about this um, on, a, on a previous episode talking about breaking through a plateau. Most people don't realize that the plateau is driven primarily by stress. We're either under eating, we're either overworking ourselves, or we've reached a, a point of adaptation where the stress response that we're trying to elicit, our body does not feel safe enough to continue to make progress. It's holding on. It's in this preservation mode. Um, so again, knowing your personality type gives us insight into your capacity for stress. And then also knowing your lifestyle gives us insight into how much extra stress is happening, whether through your work, right? If somebody is working in law enforcement and they're working overnight shift, well, that's a lot of added stress. That's going to significantly change, excuse me, significantly change the prescription and the protocol versus somebody who has a very low stress job and a low stress lifestyle, even if they are somebody who um, has more tendency to be higher stress, higher anxiety. So we have to take all of these things into consideration. But I look at stress as its own category because that is where the magic happens. I cannot tell you how many clients I've seen break through a plateau by doing nothing more than taking recovery days, like literally just adding a rest day or two or eating a little bit more to close that stress gap or even reducing some high intensity training. So it's like by closing that gap, now all of a sudden your body feels safe and, and your body starts responding again. You start to see movement and pictures start looking better. And you're like, wow, that's crazy. All I did was took you know two days off out of the gym. Yeah, it worked. I actually was telling Mel that um, I had I didn't work all I didn't work out all weekend because I was doing the certification and then I was eating a lot for recovery and Sunday night last night I was looking in the mirror and my abs looked better than they had in a long time with no workouts um, I was eating not quality foods but I was just eating to manage the stress on my system. And it was amazing. My body responded really well. So oftentimes, the breaking through a plateau, getting things moving again, it has to do with the accumulation of stress and closing that gap, either through more recovery days, increasing food, that sort of thing. But we have the information from your personality type to know what your capacity for stress is. That tells us how aggressive we can get when it comes to fat loss goals. Like I mentioned, type 1As and type 1Bs, they need to see results quickly. They get they, they are very goal-driven. If they don't see results quickly, they're going to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. So knowing that and knowing they have a higher capacity for stress, sometimes we do have to be a little bit more aggressive with those individuals within reason, again, depending on some of the other lifestyle variables like their work and their sleep schedule, that sort of thing. But the premise is we can kind of cater to their brain chemistry by being a little more aggressive, getting them to see results. And then we can also play to their competitive nature when we're not actively trying to lose fat and shift to more of a performance focus and, and have them prioritize you know, lifting heavier weights, performing better and feeling better in the gym. And that's still going to connect to the way that their brain is wired. Whereas if we have somebody like a type three who has a much lower capacity for stress, we can't be super aggressive because their bodies will 
fight against them. They will hold on to body fat. It will have the, the opposite effect and they'll feel too much anxiety. They'll feel you know like nothing's working. So we have to close that gap. We have to be more conservative in our approach and play the long game, which works for them because they are planners. So they are more patient. They can play the long game, but knowing their personality type gives us this, this valuable insight into the way that we can um, accommodate and structure the plan, the approach, you know, especially when it comes to managing stress and getting the body um, to let go of fat. And then, like I mentioned, the, the macronutrient ratios um, included in that is how much flexibility an individual needs. You know, when it comes to variety, that's something for type 2As we have to have that. So I like to build in a lot of freedom and flexibility on the weekends. Um, that's just something that works really well for me because it gives me that change up. So I'm not doing the same thing over and over again. And it fits with my lifestyle of liking to have more of a social life on the weekends. Although lately there hasn't been much of a social life, but still I like to, you know, even if it's just, you know, Mel and I are watching Netflix and having a glass of wine and ordering Uber Eats, like stuff like that still I want that to be a part of my life so I can set it up in a way where I'm getting the variety that I crave, that my brain craves, and I'm also giving myself the flexibility that I enjoy for my lifestyle. So that's kind of where we look at with, with macros. We can use macros as a tool and come up with the right macro split based off of personality type, like I said, training style, all of these different variables. Um, this is why calculators fall tremendously short. They don't, you can't have a calculator that understands this stuff because it is so variable and it does change as situations change. But ultimately, we also not only want to look at the, the macro splits, but also how much tracking you actually want to do. For some people, tracking provides um, control. It's, it's okay. It doesn't stress you out. You're totally fine with it. Like, I don't. I don't even think twice about tracking. I don't view it as a burden at all. It's something I don't even really notice that I do anymore. Um, for other people, it's an it's a stress addition. It's something where it occupies their brain. They can't stop thinking about it. It, it increases anxiety. So we have to find the balance for the individual of, you know, where are we at? on the tracking scale, are we doing all days? Are we doing some days? Are we doing no days? You know, and, and everyone's different. What we were looking for is sustainability. Hopefully that's the take home message here. It really should be how your personality type can give you insight into sustainable methods. Like that's really at the end of the day, that's the name of the game. And that's exactly what we do. That's what we provide. Um, so that's kind of the, the overview of how we integrate these things into our coaching program. It's doing a personality assessment because that gives us insight into neurotransmitter dominance, neurotransmitter balance. What system is driving your behaviors? Like I mentioned for type 1A, type 1B, driven by the dopamine system, risk takers, goal-oriented, competitive, like to see results. Type 2As, it's adrenaline. We're people pleasers. We like change. We're the social chameleons. Uh, that drives our, we're, we're indecisive because we don't want to let people down, right? That drives our decisions. Um, type two Bs, it's glutamate, the emotional amplifier. They're also people pleasers, um, but because of their emotional response is so strong, they like to do things that make them feel good, like 
seeing a pool of sweat after a workout or eating a, a you know a good meal that they know you know they're they're the most prone to emotional eating because of how good they feel and it can also sometimes be a self-deprecating thing because of how lows low their lows are um, because glutamate is driving so when you have high glutamate your emotions are amplified when you're happy you're really happy and when you're sad you're really sad so sometimes it can be um, unfortunately the the opposite side where they're using emotional eating almost as a self-loathing mechanism. Um, and then type threes, serotonin is their driving force because they have lower serotonin, higher anxiety. The way to ease that is through repetition, predictability, structure, following a plan, organization. Um, so that's kind of, it gives you insight into, all right, what are some of the behavioral tendencies that we see in this individual? What are some of the strengths and weaknesses? How can we play to the way that this person is wired so that they're going to feel better about the plan? You know, that's why these, these one size fits all approach um, that you see all over the place, they don't work because everyone's different. You know, we all have our differences and that's something that should be used to our advantage. It should not be held against us. Like you just have to follow somebody else's rules because they say so. Um, it should be almost effortless. And, and I always use that word with caution because it's not effortless. Anything that you want to change takes work. Any goal that you want to accomplish takes work. It takes discipline. Uh, it takes understanding why you want to do that in the first place. But it shouldn't be met with so much resistance. You shouldn't feel like you're banging your head against the wall. You shouldn't feel like you have to follow something that is, you know, taking control of your life. It should feel more natural. It should feel like something that you can do forever because that's how we know it'll be sustainable. So as you're making progress, you should, you shouldn't be like, well, I don't know if I can do this for much longer. You should feel like, I know that I, I'm excited to keep doing this because of how good it makes me feel. Um, so hopefully that makes sense, guys. Um, that is how we do it. That is exactly how we do it. And we, we integrate a lot of other pieces. I just am covering the personality type. I've talked before about you know metabolic priming, making sure that you're eating enough, making sure that we're primarily focusing, if your goal is fat loss, that we're primarily focusing on actually losing body fat and not muscle, um, aligning your nutrition with your training, monitoring your daily stress and your habits. All of that is what we do. But this specifically, I'm just talking about the personality aspect of it and how much information, how much valuable information it gives us. I thought it would be a timely conversation. Like I said, since we just certified or put another 50 coaches through the certification, this will be the standard. This will be the norm. Um, every single coach that goes through it, they say the same thing. Like this connected so many dots for me. I'm already thinking about clients that I did one thing and I should have done another. Already thinking about how to utilize this. And, and it really does change the game because my opinion, success is 80% psychology, 20% physiology. Usually once we get the psychology side figured out, the physical just comes along for the ride. Uh, and that's why when I say the whole just get back on track, no, we want to know what happened in that mishap, in that setback. That's where like all the gold is because we can learn from that. We can grow from that. We can start to spot those trends and those behavioral patterns. It's the psychology of it. That's where all the magic happens. So anyway, if you want to take the personality assessment, 
It's totally free. It's at the website. It's neurotypetraining.com. You can take the assessment if you haven't already um, and find out exactly what your profile is. Um, and then if you want to learn more about our coaching program, um, absolutely hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. Either way, you can just shoot me a message. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner on Instagram. And it's just Mike Milner on Facebook. Just send me a private message. Um, our program right now is in high demand. It is by invitation only. So the way that the process works is very simple. You message me and let me know that you're interested. I ask you some questions to make sure that we can help you and that you're the right fit for what we do. If we decide that it is the right fit, we offer an invita invitation for you to join us. And if you do, we get started right away. Very simple process. That's how we do it. Um, we do. We uh, we provide the personality assessment. We go over your diet history. Uh, we do a whole intake process. But yeah, it starts with personality assessment because of how valuable all of that information is. As I just broke down. Um, so hopefully this was helpful, guys. If it was, please let me know about it. Um, comment in the Facebook group on this video and let me know if this was useful. Uh, and if you want to tell me anything outside of that in terms of if you did not get any value out of it, I'm always looking to get better and improve. So constructive criticism is always welcome. Um, and if you're on Instagram and you appreciate this episode, just post it to your stories and then tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And I will talk to you guys very soon.